Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for November 20th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll tell you about the lawsuit being filed against Disney to allow segues inside the theme parks. Bob Varley has a report on the new ice exhibit at Gaylord Palms. And Kevin Close will have his review of the Yak and Yeti restaurant at Disney's Animal Kingdom. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire in this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. All right, we're going to get started with uh, our housekeeping. Just to remind everybody, we have a location set up for our Diz Meets, December 6th and the 13th, on the 12th floor of the Swan in the new hospitality suite. Actually, we're going to be the first ones in there, right? Yes, we're the first ones to experience that space. There's a thread on the board where they ask if we can, they can take our pictures. And one no. man has suggested that we have Thomas Kincaid paint us into one of his paintings, <laughs> and we call it the Orlando podcast team standing next to the same old cottage bathed in magical light. <laughs> That's all of this morning. I was laughing so hard. That's funny. That's funny. No, we will, we're not permitting any pictures, That's no nice photographs. Way. You'll be strip searched Other, at the door. Otherwise, I'll, I'll have to come in there. I'll have to come in there dresses, dresses like, uh, who was it? I want to be alone. Um, Greta Garbo. Greta Garbo. I'm getting a beekeeper's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really looking forward to seeing everybody. We're going to have some snacks and some drinks and some things to give away. And we're really looking forward to meeting as many of you as possible. It's December 6th and the 13th at the Walt Disney World Swan on the 12th floor in the new hospitality suite. And if you're going to join us, we just ask that you head over to our podcast homepage at podcast.wdwinfo.com. Fill out the RSVP. Let us know. Who you are and who you're bringing with you. Oh, yeah. You know the things that we ordered that we can't talk about here? Mm-hmm. I got word that it's going to be okay. They'll be there. <gasps> Yay. Oh, cool. Got some cool stuff, guys. Kevin and John have come up with some really, you really good stuff. You just love torturing everyone. I do. <laughs> yeah, Kevin has absolutely insisted we cannot we cannot reveal anything we're doing. So He does that to John when he buys him a present. I do. For months I've been in advance. Yeah. Do you want to uh, know what I got? Finally, here? John just <laughs> jumps him and kicks him and... He tells him. Can I tell you now? Sure. <laughs> All right. And uh, also, you know, we've been getting um, we've been getting some segment ideas coming in since I mentioned a few weeks ago that we would start uh, giving people a crack at the envelopes if they uh, gave us a segment idea that we use. So I really want to keep encouraging that we've got some really really creative ideas coming in, and uh, it's helping us out a lot. So uh, podcast at wdwinfo.com. Just send us an email. Tell us your ideas for what you'd like to hear as a segment if we use it on the show, just like we do with if we read your emails. You get a crack at that uh, that envelope. <laughs> and I just changed all the prizes out, by the way. I redid all the prizes. I put all new stuff in there. I got some really, really cool stuff in there. Hmm. So. Well, I don't know what they are. Well, you, you'll find out as, people, as they're revealed. <laughs> do you want me to tell you? You don't know. It's uh, like the price is right. You have to wait for the door to open. That's right. <laughs> And there'll be that old lady behind there. <laughs> 68 cans of tuna. That lets make a deal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're dating ourselves. So, All right, that's going to do it for housekeeping. We're going to move into the news. And the first story I want to talk about this week is the, uh, the rumors that have been flying around the web that uh, somebody scattered ashes, uh, someone's ashes, on Pirates of the Caribbean out at Disneyland. There was a report from ABC News last week that the ride was shut down when cast members suspected that a woman had, in fact, dumped cremated human remains into the water on the ride. 
According to the report, the woman claimed the substance she dumped was baby powder. Authorities have no way to disprove that, so no arrests were made. Disney, for its part, completely denies that any ashes were scattered. A spokesperson for the park is blaming the blogs on the Internet for perpetuating the story as urban myth. Spokesman was quoted as saying, the problem I have with blogs is they don't necessarily have to have validated information. Well, doesn't this beg the question, why were you dumping baby powder in Pirates of the Caribbean? Nobody seemed to ask that question. Yeah, in this article, that question, I I thought the same thing. That question was never raised. What exactly were you dumping? Johnny Depp looked a little chafed, and she wanted to help him out. (laughs) Threw some baby powder at him. Could have been worse. She could have dumped it while on Dumbo or something. Then they would have screamed the anthrax. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, here's a, you know, I know you folks listen to the show for tips. Here's a tip: don't dump anything in Pirates of the Caribbean when you're riding, especially not a white, not a powder. Did it turn out to be true though that they did shut it down and brought in a HEPA team to? Well, I don't know about the HEPA team. The, the report just said that they did shut it down. Um, but well, I imagine they probably did. If there was a question of a, yeah. what right. was actually dumped, they would have to know. They would, there's no way they were just going to. They, they could just assume that it was benign. Well, I got to tell you, if you're going to dump ashes at Disney, I get, you got a better chance of visiting me there than someone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was uh, that was an interesting story. Um, another interesting story I came across is uh, we, we had talked a couple of months back about uh, this Palestinian television show, this ch- Palestinian children's television show that was using a knockoff of Mickey Mouse that they were calling Farfour. And uh, there's a report on, and again, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this with tongue-in-cheek. I'm not sure how accurate it is because the website is called jta.org, um, and they're claiming that Walt Disney's daughter, Diane Disney Miller, assured the Israeli foreign secretary that the Disney company would be taking unspecified steps against the Palestinian group for using the character. And uh, if if I mean I'll, I'm going to put a link to that video back up. I mean this is like a, a, like a, a deranged Mickey Mouse telling kids to kill Jews. So, but I, I really I do not know. And it says in the article it's really unclear what kind of legal recourse Disney's going to have, what they're going to be able to do, since Hamas is not an internationally recognized organization. I mean it's not like they have a seat at the Security Council. Um, Maybe we ought to put Diane Disney Miller in charge of Middle East negotiations. <laughs> really, <laughs> she's serving papers to Osama bin Laden. But you know, it, I, I, the reason I picked the story is because it really does kind of raise a larger issue for Disney right now. That um, how 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 are they able to defend any of their copyrights or any of their intellectual property in the current international market? You take a look at uh, uh, what we talked about that theme park, that Disney in knockoff China. theme park oh, in China. In China. And Disney is virtually powerless to do anything about it. You take a look at the you know kind of bootlegging and piracy that goes on with movies um, internationally. Um, and I think as the Internet has gotten more pervasive, this problem has gotten more pervasive. And I don't know what they could possibly do. I don't know what they can do about any of this stuff. Well, Disney stayed away from this when it first came out also. They didn't make any comments about They won't comment on it. it. And they won't. They're afraid to. I think they're I don't much blame less... Them. Um, vocal about this than they used to be. I'm from upstate New York, and many years ago there was a daycare center in a small upstate New York town who named themselves the Kingdom of Magic and painted the inside the same color as Cinderella Castle and put characters on the wall. I mean, this was a very small daycare center, and Mm. Disney came there and made them close it down. Yeah. I mean, this was big news in upstate New York. Oh, they did it down here, too. They had Winnie the Pooh characters on the side of a, a school. 
and they made them uh, they made them take it down. So yeah, they're they, but it's it's a different world now. It's a different marketplace. It, the marketplace between then and now has changed so much, and it's interesting to see. You know, I mean, what can Disney say to Hamas? What is Disney going to say? Are they going to really pick a fight with a terrorist no. group? The problem too is not that you are going to be banned it. for life. The problem is is that in order to enforce these copyright issues, you have to have a reciprocal agreement with the country or the organization that says, listen, we're not going to violate your copyright. You don't violate ours. Correct. There's no way to enforce that. There's no way to to play. And that's part of the problem they have with China is that China is not obeying. Those yeah. rules of trade. Yeah, well, so. China's not obeying any rules on anything. Yeah, they're putting roofies in kids' toys. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, something's going to happen between now and the the Olympics when they're in China. I mean, yeah, human gonna, rights human rights are going to get a lot worse in China while they try and clean it up. You know, it's going to be interesting for that for that. Disney's Olympics. taking groups of tourists next year to China. Yeah, I, I know that, but uh, I mean, I'd love to see China, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I'd like to do business with them. After watching Survivor, I'm not entirely sure anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't I mean, watched. it's beautiful. It really it is. is. It's gorgeous. But I just it, don't know. But Survivor is not an accurate account of what a country is like. Yeah, because we're not going to be like out in the middle of nowhere right. with no I food, know. Kevin. I know. Burn water. And <laughs> Again, it's my you know, sort of <laughs> global inconsistencies, I guess. I don't know. All right. And our, uh, our last story this week, um, three disabled people have filed a lawsuit against Walt Disney World over its ban on allowing segways in the park. The lawsuit claims the policy is a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Plaintiffs in the case contend that the segway provides them with greater mobility in the theme parks versus the use of traditional wheelchairs or ECVs. And since segways would be used for mobility purposes, Disney should be allowing them. Or they should be covered at least under the ADA. All three people bringing the suit have disabilities that limit their mobility but do not confine them to wheelchairs. Uh, one woman has multiple sclerosis, another with Lou Gehrig's disease, and the third man lost his left foot in a car accident in 1999. Each of them can stand but cannot walk very far, and they feel the Segways are more appropriate vehicles for them to use. Disney's issue is that the Segways can travel faster than 12 miles an hour. Some can be modified to go as fast as 20 miles an hour, and by virtue of that, they create a real safety hazard for other guests. I don't want to be rude, but you need both your feet to operate a Segway. Because that you use your no. your toes and your heel in order to, to well, go even, back and forth. Ir- I'm just saying. Well, even irrespective, um, you know, I, I I firmly believe that companies should do whatever they can to accommodate disabled guests. I don't think you can spend enough money or exert enough resources to make your business as accessible as possible. But when that accessibility starts putting the welfare of other guests in jeopardy. And this does create a real problem. You've got a lot of kids that are just running around. You can't have devices that don't do 20 miles an hour flying all over the place, especially something that requires the kind of learning curve Mm -hmm. that a Segway requires. Even beyond the speed of the Segway, Segways are unstable. And maybe the person who's riding it is very experienced and knows exactly what they're doing. As soon as they get into a crowd and someone bumps them, they're going to go flying off that thing. Exactly. You know? And you don't want someone who's already hurt or you know in in a bad condition to hurt themselves further. Right. And I, I, I don't know what just, this is about. This is a very weird lawsuit. I also feel this dilutes the ADA. I think this is just frivolous. Yes. I, I'm sorry. There are people out there who, if you really need um, transportation, I think 
you really have to, again, you're on private property, you have to be accepting of what's offered to you. And I'm not suggesting that Disney doesn't do their best to make their property handicapped accessible. Pushing someone in a wheelchair, you really, um, ought, um, you learn very, very quickly that Disney is one of the few places on earth that's as handicapped accessible as you can hope for. Ever imagine. And I think this just dilutes the entire thing to have someone be frivolous about this. And I, I agree with you. Not only is it frivolous, but I challenge anyone, anywhere, to show me where Disney has not gone above and beyond what is required of them by law in terms of making their parks, their resorts, every part of their business, including Broadway theaters, fully handicap accessible. And as well they should, but you know what? The law only requires them to do so much, and Disney goes much further. They go much further in their hiring practices. The only place I could even have an observation about Disney with that is that I think they could stand to have a few more disabled people uh, on stage. Visible. Um, I don't see – I see that more at Universal, but again – that's a minor because their hiring policies are excellent. I mean, they, they really they do it right. Well, I also think it's very self-serving. I mean, they're not you don't you know, they're, you don't read where they're suing some zoo in Cleveland. Well, yeah, if I, they attacked. Let's attack the 400 pound gorilla in the room. Yeah, well, one of the things that smells about this is the group that's coordinating. This is this disability rights advocates for technology drat. Um, we first talked about this a few weeks ago when they just issued a press release about it. They weren't threatening a lawsuit at that point. They were just, you know, petitioning Disney. So these guys started grandstanding a few weeks ago and then launched their lawsuit. I don't want anybody to think that I was disparaging any zoos in Cleveland. I don't even know if there is a zoo in Cleveland. <laughs> they also set the lawsuit up as a possible class action suit in the future too so i don't know what and again I, I i feel like i should reiterate that i'm i'm not coming down on, on no. the just disabled people here um like i said i think we sh- you know any company should do anything and everything they can but there is a limit and they have to consider the safety of the other guests and and i jokingly said what if somebody comes up with something even more ridiculous exactly like a pony in the park right what if i you know i i really get more comfort out of riding my goat <laughs> Than sitting in a wheelchair, I feel it's much more dignified to ride my goat. Can I bring my goat? And it's like, you know, so where does this stop? Exactly. Where's the line get drawn? Goats have horns. <laughs> That's what <laughs> ECVs. That's how you can beep them so people get out of the way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my. <laughs> Complete with sound effects. Oh. All right. That's going to do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to our rapid fire segment who would like I'm going to- first oh my goodness Bob I beat you who wants to go first <laughs> boy I couldn't even get it out no I knew Bob was going to try to jump in there all right Julie. mine is all about Christmas at Disneyland um, Santa's Reindeer Roundup is coming back it started on the 16th it'll go through January 6th next year and also Santa's Beach Blast which started on the 16th as well and is going to go through January 6th of next year for those of you that don't know, Santa's Reindeer Roundup is at Big Thunder Ranch in Frontierland, and you'll have Santa and Mrs. Claus and their reindeer, which you can actually um, take photos with and see. They're really cool looking. I was there last year. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then at the California Christmas Beach Party, Santa is there, and he's dressed in his beach wear, where you can take photos with him next to his woody wagon sleigh, and then they also have a Lilo and Stitch limbo, which is a lot of fun. He was wearing his cool sunglasses he was. while they were there. Yeah. I thought it's a, two fun events or just, you know, kind of things to see. So cool for those Californians out there listening. That's great. Thank you, Julie. 
I know this isn't our Universal show, but I want to let everybody know that the dates for Mardi Gras, um, they've been released February 2nd through April 19th, 2008. I also wanted to mention that um, I have a few photo challenges now in the parks, especially with the, the stage shows. I've t- we went to Mickey's Very Merry on Friday and I took over 200, 300 photos. I came back. I'm looking at them on, the, on my computer. 60 to 70% of my photos have characters with their, their eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, eyes, the eyes and lips move The now. eyes and lips move now, especially in the stage shows. Which so, I think is just disturbing. So now you, you, know, you not only have to get a great photo of the characters, you need to make sure that their eyes are open. And then sometimes they're half closed and look kind of drunk. Yeah, yeah or I have, a feeling, or I have a feeling that that fact got completely overlooked in the planning. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because they're going to start getting a lot of complaints that all my pictures of the characters mm-hmm. have their eyes closed. Well, you know, I had some of, I had some great photos of Mickey, but Minnie's eyes would be closed and Donald's eyes yeah. would be half open. I'm like, oh, SOB. Yeah. <laughs> so did you also get rid of that red spot that occurs in Mickey's yeah. eyes when you take a picture? Yeah, yeah I had to have the red eye on. But that is a problem. It is, yeah. I was pretty upset about that. But anyway, while we're talking about uh, photos, we're also going to be launching a new area of the Diz called Diz Desktops for people to download some pictures for their desktop on their computer. So cool. If you have any suggestions of photos you want used, let me know, and Will's going to be the one taking care of all that. So. Will cool. Will's over there in the peanut gallery today. <laughs> Every week we have Will come in. We don't give him a microphone yet. Oh, and also I have to say hi, Mom, and hi, Dad. My mom was like, you know, you can tell me hi. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Is she jealous of Anthony? <laughs> I guess so. But so you're going to do mom, you're going to do that every week now? Not every week. Okay. No. You want to listen to the podcast every week? I guess she will now. Now I'm really self conscious. Cool. You don't talk very much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. She talks like a mom. I'm does. telling you, Corey Patrick yeah. Martin. Get, to, get, extra, get your own airtime. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Welcome, Kevin. I have two. The first one is that uh, we get a lot of emails about what to do for New Year's Eve and which parks are going to close and going to the park you have to be there first thing in the morning and you have to stay and you have to find a place to lay down and a place to put your kids to sleep because you can't leave the park and get back in on New Year's Eve. I just want you all to know if you're in the area and you're looking for something fun to do, Downtown Celebration has uh, something for free. From 7 to 1 a.m., 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., they have New Year's Eve on Market Street at downtown. All of the restaurants and shops will be open. There will be fireworks at midnight. There will be other festivities going on. And this is free to the public. There's no charge. So if you're looking for some place to go and hang out with a whole bunch of people and watch fireworks where you don't have to be there at 8 a.m. and stake out your spot, this is something you can do. That sounds cool. The second thing is uh, is more of a cultural point. It's an Orlando cultural point. If you're coming to Orlando, Orlando has an IKEA. <laughs> it oh, is causing yeah. a huge amount of um, traffic I d- friction. I don't understand why. Oh, you, have you been? I don't like IKEA. I never did. Oh my goodness, I do. I had never heard of it until it came here. It's causing a great deal of traffic problems. As a matter of fact, IKEA is paying a huge force of Orlando police out of their own pocket to direct traffic. So if you're coming to Orlando, it's right near our Millennium Mall, and uh, this is a big deal. They've interviewed people that say, you know, I, I used to drive all the way to Atlanta to shop in Ikea. Well, now there's one in Central Florida. Okay, I just – someone has to explain yeah. to me why. I'll Somebody just wait has to until explain to me. after Christmas, maybe next summer. Julie, didn't you say that the <laughs> average person spends three hours there? Yeah, I heard that on the news. We the average the, shopper spends between we two and three the, hours. We went the other day, and we spent about three and a half hours, and we had lunch. Inside because there's the, so much to see. I've always, see. I've always considered their furniture like one step above starter furniture. Well, 
it, it, their idea is that it's good design at a reasonable price, and it's not. I mean, we're not talking about heirloom so furniture. Small. Ethan Allen furniture. Yeah, that's so also tiny. part of their draw is that they, they want to show people how you can maximize small space and mm-hmm. get the most yeah, That's out a of whole it. European thing, and I just I don't I, well, don't I will say that. this, though. They have incredible prices. I mean, I'm just stuff you need. So it's like the Walmart of like home design? But, but the stuff is no. nicer than a Walmart yeah. quality, like sheets. And I call it things. the Target. All right. I will go check it out. <laughs> really I'm going to give you an example. Time. I used to, I, the last time I went to an Ikea, I was living in Manhattan. So that will give you an idea. I'm going to give you an example. We had to purchase toilet bowl brushes. Mm. If you go to Walmart, they're 6 bucks. They were $0.99 cents mm. in Ikea. So, I mean, this is, to me now, it's a disposable product. Were they stainless steel? No, <laughs> they were plastic. I mean, it's a toilet bowl brush. I'm not looking you know, to change the yeah. world with it. But $0.99 cents is a good deal. So, I mean, there is stuff there that you can, they also have great Swedish meatballs. I mean, I have the catalog at home, and Swedish I've looked meatballs. through it. The catalog is very confusing, and the fact that everything has a Swedish name. Yeah. It, it's Every sign says something in Swedish. So, you know, if you're looking across the store, you actually have to go over and pick something up to figure out what it is. <laughs> I don't but, like that. I'm pot Swedish. And it's set up like <laughs> I'm just going after that. The, the, it's set up like a giant rat maze. Basically, you start at point A, and you have to follow this path. I didn't know that you can cut through and skip it because <laughs> so, we're walking around. I'm going, man, this place is huge. So they take you through all the showrooms and all the different areas, and you have to sort of follow this path around. So that's why it takes so long to get through. Back in Massachusetts, we had a place called Jordan Furniture, and that's what they did was the maze. So they take you through the different rooms to look at all the stuff. I think, Corey and Julie, you guys would get a lot out of it from a design standpoint. It's all very. It's cool. really interesting to see what they do with design. Yeah, their things are simplified and the lines are streamlined and stuff like that. It's also, you know, there's a lot of people out there who can't afford a thirteen hundred dollar sofa, and you can get one for a couple hundred bucks. And it's great for people who are starting out or furnishing, you know, a guest bedroom or something. However, my point in this was telling people that not to discuss IKEA, but it's a, a it's going to become an attraction in Orlando. Orlando's actually becoming a, a shopping destination now. We'll line up for anything. Seriously? <laughs> My brother, he wants to plan a trip just to come and shop with me here. It, it honestly is. I mean, the Mall of Millennia has stepped up. It's a gorgeous mall. The quality of the stores. I and, mean, we have the stores that Manhattan has now. We have the big shopping Yeah, we do. Stores. So. Plenty of outlets to choose from also. I wish we had more boutique shopping, but that's just me. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with Winter you. Winter Park, if you want that. Yeah, yeah Winter Park. I, I do, but I wish we had more than that. Yeah. Right. Well, those are my two. Thank you very much, Kevin. Excellent. Uh, my rapid fire is uh, I want to talk about the surcharge, the fuel surcharge that many of the large um, cruise lines are now imposing on guests. Oh, yeah. This is to cover the added cost of fuel. So far, all of the big names except for Disney Cruise Line has announced the fuel surcharge. They're, they're afraid of their, their, their guests, their fans. You know, we don't know. I don't know what it is. We called them and we asked them. We said, are you guys going to do this? No, there's, we have nothing. There's no announcement about it. There's nothing out there about it. However, we reserve the right to do it in the future. Don't they do some of their fueling over on the islands and stuff? And I think they all do that, though. I think, yeah, I don't think it matters. It's yeah. still $100 a barrel. Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I really couldn't fault them. 
if they put a five dollar per person per day surcharge. Well, that's what I wanted to mention too. Is they range anywhere from like five dollars a day to I think it's seven fifty a day for seven dollars a day for NCL, and they've capped it. It's you know I think it's it's probably like forty or fifty dollars a stateroom that sort of thing. Right. So that you're not really paying a whole lot. So it's not a huge imposition, and these surcharges are coming into effect beginning February first, two thousand eight. And each cruise line has a different policy. Um, one of them will say it's only on new bookings. If you already have an existing booking, they won't apply it. Some are saying if it's paid in full, we won't apply it. So just keep an eye out. Make sure you read that. And don't panic. We haven't heard anything from Disney yet on whether or not they're going to do this. Like a, yeah, like I said, I couldn't blame them if they did the way the gas prices are going. I mean, there's just only so much they can eat. Exactly. And when you look at $5 a person, that's different from this hundred dollar also when you stop and think about it you know we know that you know a lot of people book their cruises almost two years in advance the price of oil two years ago when these people booked and the price when they're actually traveling is very different so i I really can't i couldn't fault them i mean good for them if they don't but can't fault them if they do all right my uh my rapid fire is i just want to talk about some of the updates that we did on the site recently we didn't get a chance to talk about them in the last show but uh, Corey has put up some terrific pictures of Cinderella Castle's uh, The Dream Lights, mm-hmm. and we're getting a lot of comments on that. And uh, also some video that John shot of not just the castle lighting, but also uh, did an, ag- an amazing job shooting the... Uh, uh, Twas the Night. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Thank you. And, That's the uh, show in the Galaxy Theater on Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party Nights. And, and Kevin, I, I totally agree with you. It was, it was a great f- show. Terrific. I, I loved it. I ended up, I mean, as I, as I, when you put it up on YouTube, you can only put up 10 minutes, so I had to edit some of it out. But I must have watched it three times. It was really enjoyable. My sister told me that. They, that I am going to get, by the way, I am going to put a full unedited version of that up on the site. I'll have that up. I'll have that ready to go with uh, today's show. So cool. I've seen it in years past, and this one struck me as being crisper and cleaner and my sister told me they used the best entertainment uh, people for that show. Wow. Only the best dancers. The equity or whatever yeah. they call them. The equity, yeah. 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 So. It was noticeable. So that's why you could tell the difference between that show and the stage show. Mm-hmm. And equity refers to uh, the actors union or the uh, entertainment union, uh, actors equity. And uh, that's if you're, you know, in films or dance or Yeah, these people should be on Broadway. <laughs> and, well, that's that's what you have to You have to be in, in equity in order to be on Broadway. So that's how you know they are Broadway caliber. We'll have some stills of that show up, too. That's interesting, I, but that's very interesting yeah. confirmation of Kevin's comment last yeah. week about that. Yep. And also, um, if you're going to be down for the Thanksgiving Day Parade, one of the, tur- excuse me, one of the turkeys that uh, President Bush pardoned um, is going to be the Grand Marshal. And like I said to these guys, I think the turkey's name is uh, Scooter Libby. So, um, well, I just got that. You just, <laughs> I just got that from Except way that. back then. Yeah, we talked about it like 25 minutes 25 ago. 25 minutes ago. It's like, oh, it's, it, it didn't sink yeah, in. I then. love you, Bob. So, and he votes. So, if you want to see, <laughs> so if you want to see it, if you want to see a turkey that got pardoned, that's where you can go. So, next year it's going to be Chris, like Thanksgiving dinner. Because next year the same tar- turkey no, no. can't be pardoned. Oh no! Once it's pardoned, it's, oh, it's for, for life. life. Oh, and okay. he's going go to go to a special. <laughs> thinking, well, you get this year off, but next year it's. This they means it a, doesn't have to go to Canada. <laughs> they go to a special farm. They go to a special farm where they're well treated and fed. Good. And okay. I'm sorry. That's what my mother told me about a dog we had when I was a kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> it went to a special farm. 
The turkey goes to a special farm where Dick Cheney gets to hunt it. <laughs> uh, well, it'll be okay then. <laughs> okay, no emails, folks. These are harmless jokes. We're not presenting any kind of political opinion here. We're yeah. just having some fun. I so. think they're going to send the turkey to Fort Wilderness to the to the animal thing there. I remember hearing something I, about that. I, I read that in one of the articles about it. Might be. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you might be able to go see, uh, what's his name? Libby? Scooter Libby. Scooter Libby. Scooter Libby. <laughs> what's George Bush's turkey? George Bush's, <laughs> yeah. Why, Scooter Libby's going to be living in a pen at Fort Wilderness? <laughs> if they name him They're making Scooter him part Libby. of the petting zoo. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for me, Bob. What do you have? Okay, I have a rapid fire, and I'm going to be up front. It's three pages long. This isn't going to be. This isn't going to be a, a, a quick one. All right, hold on. Do we have take, time to go get coffee? I'm going to take my headphones off and kind of relax here. <laughs> no, uh, the holidays coming up this Thursday, and I just want to touch base on uh, people that are traveling air, by air uh, to be cautious. And we're going to have a few links. Uh, one is from the Transportation Security Administration. The other one, we have a link on the DIS about uh, trans- airport transportation tips of what you should do. Uh, and uh, there's also a, a link for prohibited items that uh, you should be cautious of. Uh, Turkeys. Yeah. No, the transportation, uh, I'm going to call them TSA, is wants to make sure that people know that items that are like gift items – uh, food items, jams, salsas, sauces, syrups, and dips will not be allowed through the checkpoints if you're bringing those things on the plane to, f- for uh, people. Uh, they have to be in the suitcase and not brought on by carry-on. Mm-hmm. So they're going to meet those same uh, restrictions that they have on, like, uh, small bottles of shampoo and stuff like that. So be cautious on that. The other thing that, that you should not wrap any presents that you're going to bring during Thanksgiving or this goes for Christmas too. That's actually any time of the year. Any, right. Don't wrap your presents. Sorry to interrupt, but you know, isn't this funny that we have to worry about this? Yet the TSA last week was able to get 75% mm-hmm. of the bomb-making parts that they put through checkpoints through. I read that in the newspaper. I saw it on one of the news, and they blew up a car with what they got through. Yeah, you know, and here, amazing. I'm sorry, Bob. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's got all the makings of a rant for me. Just don't, just don't <laughs> wrap your bomb making equipment. <laughs> just don't, yeah. that. don't bring shampoo. Shoe bombs are okay. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Bob. Okay. Secret Service is going to be knocking on our door. Exactly. Uh, the other thing, you might want to have a friend bring you to the airport. Uh, drive you to the airport rather than park the, the car. And you shouldn't wrap your friend, right? <laughs> no, don't wrap your friend. I like the I, I like the last minute attempt to get the R out. Park the car. <laughs> I want people to go back and listen to that. He adds that R in right after the H in car. <laughs> and he takes yeah. the one from park as well. So there's like four R's in that. Well, I I like to save my R's. <laughs> when you can pronounce them, R's. No, there'll be a shortage of them. So we've tried to save yours more than once too. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing, if you do park the car at the airport, you should make sure that you don't leave any of your uh, valuables, like CDs or anything, in plain sight. So if someone walks around and takes them, 
that would be bad. In other words, don't be stupid. The other thing they mentioned is uh, put a set of jumper cables in your car in case uh, you know you forget to turn your lights off or you need to the the battery goes dead between the time you travel. That's just a tip. Uh, make sure you have your photo ID. Arrive at, at least two hours early. Uh, you don't want to be uh, the checkpoints slow up, so it it gets very uh, time consuming, and you don't want to be rushing because they're not going to wait for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paused. Uh, the other thing. No, really? <laughs> what it is? You gonna leave that whole one in there? Oh, absolutely. The whole thing's staying in. I just want to. I'm gonna start, actually. I'm gonna start timing them. We're gonna have. I'm gonna have like a contest, like in my head, just to see. Uh, Get one of those timers that the chess players use. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, we knew you paused before you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a tip: if you're just going for it, I'm gonna just keep going, Bob. Just go yeah, right just on through. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, if you're only going for the Thanksgiving weekend, you might want to just think about doing a carry-on bag and not doing a suitcase and not having to have the check the suitcase through. I, I know when my daughter... What? You know, when he starts talking about something, the one eyebrow goes up like Spock. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> I didn't notice. Bob, you're such when a good gets, sport. When he gets intense on something, the one eyebrow goes up like Spock. I just I just noticed that. Sorry. No, he's trying not to. Can't make it he's do it. Try and hold his, hold his eyebrows down. <laughs> but what happens when the carry-on stuff gets filled up because you've told everybody not to bring luggage to carry on your crap? And then you're going to have to check it anyway. Well, here's what you do. You don't bring the crap on right, the but plane. That, but there's only so and much to buy it when you get there. Right. So just pack enough to do a carry-on rather than check a bag because the check in the bags is – the airports are saying if you can avoid doing a check a bag – do that because it slows down the whole process of getting the You know the what planes. slows down the process also? Me. People who No. People who bring that refrigerator box with duct tape around it and try and convince <laughs> people that it's a carry-on. <laughs> there are legal limits. Figure them out. One other thing I want to mention, and this is, I think, I believe it's the first time it's been done, is President Bush opened up uh, some uh, restricted, airspace. restricted airspace for... Uh, flights that are coming down from the northeast to Which Orlando was actually a smart move. So it's like an express lane coming down, and it's supposed to speed up traffic in Why the area. Why haven't they thought to do that before? I have no well, idea. It was, it was restricted it was... for for safety reasons since nine eleven. They wanted to make sure there was a no fly zone and. You can kind of understand that, but I agree. Why hasn't it been like released? Yeah, I, I, I realize there are some no fly zones they couldn't open up, but I think you know opening up. Military airspace between you know the Northeast and Orlando. There's also been a great deal of media coverage on the deplorable state of the airline yeah. industry. New York Magazine did it as their cover story about how bad the three New York airports are, mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons that they're not, they're saying the delays are not really caused by the airlines themselves; they're caused by the airports. It's so funny you mentioned that because my mother my mother just got in from Boston. It was up visiting my sister. And my mother was just raving about how wonderful they were at Boston Logan with her and how organized it was and how seamless it was and how nice everyone was. And I said to her, I said, you know, you, you don't always stop and think that a lot of the problems you, you experience 
when you travel sometimes aren't related to the airline. It's the problem with the airport. Right. And, and if an airport's not managed properly, it really can have a, a, yeah. a very bad effect on your on your experience. I never would have thought to mention it, but when we were coming back from Italy, we landed in JFK and had to sit on the plane for an hour mm. and 40 minutes while we had to wait for a gate. So it's not always the airline. I guess I'm repeating what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> However, a, a, lot of the, a lot of the problems is that the airlines are overbooking. Yes. And that's one of the things that President Bush did as well was he increased the fine for bumping someone due to overbooking and things like that. So you have this cascading ripple effect. Right. We did have someone who came down from uh, New York. From, uh, did he fly out of Newark or, or JFK? I believe Newark. Came out of Newark. He said his flight was 20 minutes faster than any other time he's ever come down. They made up 20 minutes. He sat on the runway for 30 minutes waiting to leave, but the, the pilot made up 30 minutes. Southwest, 20 does, minutes. Southwest does that. that all the time. Yeah. I really love good. Southwest. I don't want to rave about Southwest because we always have really good luck with it, and I hear other people have horror stories. I think Southwest is a gem. I yeah. really do. I've I, I never do had a problem with Ding. them. Feel yeah. free to move about the country. <laughs> <laughs> I just so I just those no. are the tips. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. Bob uh, got a chance to go check out uh, the ice display over at the Gaylord Palms Hotel, which is there every year. And uh, tell us about uh, what it is this year. Well, we got to go over uh, for a pre-show uh, of it, and actually Corey and Julie got to go along, and Diana went with us also. So uh, it's over at Gaylord Palms. It's... Uh, it's a uh, ice sculpturing. Uh, they bring in some uh, Chinese ice sculptors, and they make artwork out of two million pounds of ice. And crushed or cubed? <laughs> actually, they're rectangular. See, she knows. <laughs> and they weigh four hundred pounds each wow. block. It's actually very impressive. And uh, we were over there last night, and this year's theme is a, ho- a holiday road trip. And what you do is you. you you take a, a trip through, and uh, some of the things that they they feature, there's a, a winter wonderland that has uh, different animals like uh, ducks and bears. And uh, I think there was a... And this is all sculpted out of ice. All mm-hmm. sculpted out of oh, yeah. ice. And what what they did before you go in is they, they talk to you about uh, the different types of ice that there are. They, they have the... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you okay? I apologize. You okay? Just... Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> I am. I apologize. It, it's completely something I heard in the movie years ago, and you just sounded like that. And okay. Well, what it is is the amount of time that the ice is frozen makes if they they freeze these 400 pound blocks for three days, and when when you do that, something about the the atoms line up better, and it, it forms the clear crystal ice. As opposed to if they quick freeze it for, like, overnight, you get the, the white ice that you can't see through. Oh. So uh, they talked about that. So, so it's a, like a slow freezing process? Mm-hmm. It's a slow freezing process that gets you that crystal clear ice. If you look at, like, uh, ice cubes... That come from the fridge in the center, it's it's like they're uh, normally white. They're white, mm-hmm. and then on the outside, it's clear. Right. That's because the outside freezes first, 
and it it those atoms line up better. That's if you're still in the 1960s and 60s, using ice cube yeah. trays. Ice cube trays. <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> but that's part of the thing of it. But hey, um, don't knock those of us who grew up with those ice cube trays. I'm just picking. My I'm mom sorry, still uses them too. <laughs> it, they have they have the recipe for ice. <laughs> What are we going to do when they die? My, actually, can I say, Bob, my favorite part, they actually color some of these blocks. So when they make the sculpture, like there's a green wreath with a red ribbon and like all this beautiful stuff. I mean, it looks like a giant popsicle. Like, you oh just want to go up to it and lick it. Ice? That's all made of ice. You know, wow. you expect it to taste good. Bob is, Bob is actually <laughs> passing out a uh, almost like a postcard of a, a train. Uh, and you can that walk is through all, that train. Multi, uh, that are multi, it's multicolored and it's all done in ice. We'll make sure we get a... Uh, Okay, yeah, they ask you not, not to touch the ice, but right when you walk in, there's a touch wall. Yeah. So they yeah. want you to get your feel before you go in there. There's Smart. The, 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 the sign also says, do not touch. Do not lick. Lick or something else. Something else. I something can't remember. Else. I can't remember what it Write is. Write your but, name in. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I don't know how many left because they know what I was talking about. I just laughed. I, didn't know, I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, how do men write their name in the snow? Oh, okay, good. okay. I didn't, now, now you okay. just caught on. Good. So you can't do that either. But uh, the train was really cool because you can walk through it, and, and people can stick their heads out the windows, and you get photo ops for it and things like that. Uh, so it, it's really it takes up a whole room. Yeah, I was taking photos on the whole thing, and towards the end, I thought my hands were going to fall off. I mean, it's, it's nine not, well, degrees. Nine yeah. degrees in there. Ooh. That's why I brought gloves this year. Last year, I was... Now, where is it? I mean, where where do they situate it? Where do you put it's, this massive thing in a hotel? It's in a convention center yeah. in the back Okay. of the convention center. They actually have... They call it the Florida Fridge, and it keeps the temperature in there at nine degrees. Wow. And... It's cold. I mean, Julie and Diana. I pretty out. much zoomed through. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was smart. Train, nativity, cool. I, this year I brought uh, a pair of gloves, so when I'm holding the camera. Uh, Julie, did you wear their coat or did you bring your uh, own? I had jeans on and I had on like a light jacket, but then I wore theirs as well. The coats were, I mean, they keep them clean. They send yeah. them out for cleaning and that. But and they are warm. But, I mean, after a few minutes in there, you, you start to feel it. And, and your junk the, didn't get touch anything? <laughs> <laughs> no. The thing with the coats is they're, they're very long. And one of the things that they, they use them for is for using them on the, the ice slides. There's three this year, and they're the tallest ice slides I've ever built. So uh, the coats act like a, a sleigh. sleigh or toboggan uh, for yourself. So... So your pants don't get wet. Yeah. So, I mean, they're pretty cool. Uh, they had they bring forty artisans, artisans, artisans over from the from well. From artisans from the well. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got Corey to spit out whatever was in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, coffee almost came out. All right. I know they want us to be nicer to you, but you can't say stuff like artisans. <laughs> I'd expect us just... Yeah. I expect we're only human. Here? We're only human. <laughs> That's what he was talking about before. He was talking about the recipe for ice. It's <laughs> pretty funny. It's like... And these artisans... Aren't they Chinese? Artisans. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Come from Harbin, China. And, Chinese artisans. Uh, these guys 
that's where I got that word from. But they work on back in Harbin, China. They have an uh, international ice and snow festival. Julie, what, how's that word spelled? Because you know he's not saying it right. What? Which one? Uh, the, where are they from in China? Harbin. Harbin. He's saying it right. H a r b i n. All right, good. Sorry, can't screw that up much. But they they work on the annual. International Ice and Snow Festival, which every year... In China, than, right? In China. In Harbin. 2,000 sculptors carve a 100-acre walk-through ice. 100 pop. acres? They showed it acres. in okay, the, the pre-video. It is about the really size, cool. That's about the size of the Magic Kingdom. Right. If I'm not mistaken. The Magic Kingdom is roughly about 100 acres? So, yeah, a little over. They say thousands of people come to visit it every year. That would, but it's got to be amazing. So well, they, they have that hotel in Sweden that's entirely made, made of ice. Made of ice, yeah. I want to stay there. I told Cray I want to go. You were in there for nine minutes and wearing somebody else's coat. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I heard it, but I know I heard it in the last couple of weeks that next year they're going to do an ice bar where you can go up and order drinks. Ooh, like they'll have little like, cups like, carved. Ooh, cool. So uh, a couple of fun facts. There's 2 million total pounds of ice used to create ice. The attraction. What? There's 2 million pounds of ice Used to in. create the attraction. Right. Okay. And small eye. Small eye. <laughs> big eye. To create ice. ice. Big eye. Gotcha. Big eye. <laughs> and... And the the ice is imported from Cairo, Georgia, because they make a, the best ice. Well, they, they have also, the best recipe, and Georgia has the least amount of water, so they bring it in from the place where there's <laughs> no water. <laughs> Aren't they running out of water? I beat you to that one. And they're making four hundred pound blocks of ice. The good news is we're sending it back. <laughs> As soon as we're done with it, yeah, we're going to ship. We're going to melt it. We're going to melt it in one of yeah. your rivers. So maybe you can go back to watering your lawns again. If you want to come down and get that's it, that's crazy. You're absolutely right. That is that's that's almost insane. They, they ship them in refrigerated trailers, uh, and five thousand uh, blocks of ice are hand carved and transformed into the winter wonderland. Max disagrees. Okay, <laughs> uh, and and they. They ship them in, and like they have different colors. If if you last year, I saw how they went about doing it. They actually have these uh, blueprints of each one of the ice forms that they that they're going to work on. That they that's what they go by, and uh, so they they have a blueprint, and then what colors are how many blocks they need of different colors and everything. It's all computered. Generated and then they don't need a computer for that. I used to make Kool Aid. I know how to do it. <laughs> okay. No, he means the actual sculpture, not the ice. The, the, oh, the sculpture. You know, <laughs> meant they need a computer. To no, the ice. Colored. You know, they do everything the to scale. People that do popsicles have been doing this for a while. <laughs> no, they actually showed the hand drawings with they all also, the lines and the measurements. And they have over fifteen hundred lights that are frozen actually into the into the ice up at the factory. Oh, I had read about that. Is it cool? Yeah. Because they can turn the lights on and off, and uh, they they have the nativity scene in one of the rooms, and it's really cool because they it's gorgeous. They just light up, and that's all in the the clear yeah. oh, crystal ice. There's a thirteen foot angel in there. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah, something else. So, that was my favorite room. 
uh, and they have a thing that they they talk about the nativity, and then each section lights up when the the three wise men area, and then the baby Jesus, and and the, I don't know if they, they didn't have a camel in there, did they? I didn't see a camel. No, no camels. So did they say what tools they used to make these sculptures? They used like a chisel. Yeah, they showed them. And a chisel and a mallet, and they they do all of it with that. And there's 1,800 square feet of space that they use for the ice attraction. And um, it's kept at 9 degrees. And these artisans? Artisans. <laughs> okay. Have traveled 8,000 miles to come here to do this. And wow. And they... They come every year, and it takes them about a... No, no, real points. <laughs> real points, not toy not ones. Toy ones. <laughs> not ice, not ones. ice planes. Not ice planes. Real points. Oh, not seaplanes. I wonder if they're allowed to bring their chisels on the plane. <laughs> they they also have... I'm going to just keep talking. Oh, they're now. colored ice. The, Go ahead, Bob. The ice slides are really cool. Uh no puns intended. They did have long lines, though. So I mean, if yeah, you're, by, but, that, by that time you're freezing. But there's like, three. That's the last room is the ice room, and then they had a what was it, a Candyland room? Yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool too. Uh, and th- there's a lot of picture ops. So let me talk about uh, a little bit about days you should try to go to see this if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I recommend Monday through. Thursday or Friday. And they're very busy on the weekends. Yeah, the weekends you're going to get a lot more locals. Yeah. And one of the things uh, is if, if it's you go at a slower time, you get to take the picture up where you don't have to stand there and wait for somebody else to take the picture and say, come on, come on, come on, I'm freezing. And, and the other person's you're still waiting to just take a picture. The other thing about pictures is – once you go in, it's cold, okay? When you come out, it's warm. Okay, let me write that down. <laughs> when, I go in, when I go into the 2,000 pounds of ice, it's going to be cold. 2 million pounds when of I ice. Leave, when it's I leave, oh, 2 warm. million pounds of ice, it will be cold, and when I leave, it will be warm. Do right. I have that right? <laughs> yes. All right, we'll put that in the okay. show notes now, page, here, folks. Here, here's the reason I say that. In cold, out warm. Out warm. <laughs> when you go out warm... That works with beer, From too. being in cold with a camera, your camera wants to be cold still, and you have condensation. Yes. And Now I see where you're going with this. I, I was just, okay. It's, it's just not random thoughts that I got here. <laughs> because that's so oh, that's out of character. So out of that character. is so out of character for you to come out with something random. We right. haven't even gotten to the naps. <laughs> I didn't take a nap in there. <laughs> It was too cold. Curled up in the corner of the train. Your camera's going to take like 25 minutes to defrost. get rid of the defrost. I mean, you have to read your manufacturer warnings and everything because these cameras are going to get moisture. Yeah. So trying to keep them warm while you're in there is, is not a bad thing. Keeping it in the pocket when you're not taking the picture Just and stuff like that. Just stick it out from your parka. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Keep it down around waist level. No, wait, just wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm going somewhere with this, guys. 
you might want to get one of the disposable. I know I've been waiting 30 minutes to find out where. But <laughs> we're just not going fast. <laughs> you might want to get a disposable camera so you don't. There's a good idea. Take anything. See, I have thoughts. <laughs> so and you this might is want boiled to, down. Yeah. So these are the bullet points. <laughs> I, I just want to mention that there are a limited number of wheelchairs available on site. So it's it's wheelchair uh, access. You can do strollers through there. Uh, I suggest making sure you're dressed warm. Don't bring your baby into nine-degree weather. <laughs> right. You, you might want to do a baby swap on that. Don't bring the baby in. Yeah, try to get a better-looking baby if you can. So... Uh, <laughs> Do we want to swap out the ugly baby? It, go ahead, Corey. And the average time it takes, uh, it's about 10 minutes to go through the whole thing. That's that's going at a at a reasonable pace. We, we, right. If you're not taking photos and video of everything. Photos, right. Also, in addition to ice, there they have a um, you can do ice skating. There's an outs- outside uh, little ice skating ring. In the parking lot. I just want to say something on that. No, it's not. I, <laughs> <laughs> I shot video of me ice skating. I shot video we, of Bob ice skating. Well, that's right. Uh, we were out at the ice skating rink, and here's a tip: do the ice tell skating. You, tell me you fell. I didn't no. fall. Oh, it's hard to fall <laughs> no, when you hold onto the rail all the way around. I never, I never let go of the rail except once, and, and then I realized I was screwed, and I, I, I got back on the rail. Do the ice skating after you do the ice attraction, and here's why: you get very sweaty. Ice skating, number one from nerves, number two from just... You're going to have sweat crystals. Sweat crystals. So when you go in after being sweaty ice skating, it, it's not fun. So, Was his mustache all iced? <laughs> Deadly do right now. All I have to say is if, the, if you are not coordinated, if you do not like to skate, do not ice skate. Corey made me. It took everything I had. This to is like her. going to, to New York City and skating at... Uh, Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center. Center. You're inside yeah, of a Rockefeller tent. Center in the parking lot of Giggler. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot just, of similarities. Well, right next to each other. I always get confused. <laughs> I mean, there's not many places you can go ice skating. I can now say I've ice skated in Florida, you know. Okay, so. How much, how much was it to go through the exhibit? Oh. Depends on the day of the week that you go. Uh, I say it's well, I've had in my rapid fire several weeks ago, so go back and listen. I'll go back and listen. <laughs> It's like, okay, let's review. Nineteen ninety <laughs> on the weekends, it's twenty four ninety five. I do know that it's cheaper if you buy it online. Yep. I have some. We're going to have some uh, links for that. And now my next question is: Is it a separate charge to ice skate, or is that included it in is. your? You can buy a ticket to do both, or you oh, can like buy a park hopper. A park hopper. Uh, you can also buy a ticket to do a, a the whole season. Twenty bucks to go, just go ice skating. Does that admission to the thing allow you to go back in again? Can you go back in? Yeah, you can just keep doing it. You can just keep going around. How much is it? It on if you buy it online, it's like nineteen ninety five. But if you at the door, it's twenty four ninety five on the weekends. On the weekdays. Week weekdays is nineteen ninety five, I believe. So uh, and a portion of the proceeds goes to uh, give kids the world. Yes. Oh, cool! Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also have a some kind of board game that it, Candyland. Candyland. If you purchase Candyland, it's like a fifteen dollar board game. Thirteen of those dollars go to yeah give kids the world. If you oh, buy wow. it there, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Great. Since they themed one of the rooms around Candyland, the board game is featured. Oh, that's really cool. The yeah. little gift shop at the end. I actually bought some ornaments for As us. As you can imagine, Julie's in a gift shop. And you know what? I've just got an idea. <laughs> if you do that and you're looking to give away a Toys for Tots, you could get two charities out of one gift. Yep. Yeah, wow, great idea. That is a good idea. So that, I really was impressed that they get, give kids the uh, world uh, gets part of the donation. So uh, they also have a stage show. And uh, you remember the name of the stage Luminescence. Show? Luminescence. And it's in the atrium over in the main hotel area. And they actually have this guy that sits up in this circular thing that hangs from the ceiling playing the drums during part of it. And it, he swivels around to different drum sets. It's a rock and roll Christmas concert. Yeah. Oh, it, cool. It's really cool. And they have the tree lighting, and the tree lights up and uh, does things like Osborne lights. And, of course, they have Father Christmas and Santa. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, great thing. Uh, you could absolutely kill a couple of hours in the lobby of the Gaylord Palms. Oh, absolutely. In, right. the, um, in the atrium of the yep. Gaylord Palms. And they oh, have yeah. uh, lots of different uh, restaurants, I think four restaurants in there. I just also want to mention that Gaylord Palms has a, a – Take home uh, turkey dinner that's available. Uh, if you call 407 586 1114, if anyone this week is looking for a family of four, uh, you can take home, go over and pick it up if you order. Wow. That's yeah, great thought, if you're in a DVC. Absolutely. Yeah, it's called Thanksgiving Dinner to Go, Leave the Cooking to Us. And uh, it's $140 for a meal, and it serves four. And you get. Uh, Traditional stuffing, turkey, whole turkey, 10 to 15 pounds, the gravy, uh, buttermilk, mashed potatoes, sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole, fresh mushrooms, homemade cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, apple pie, fresh whipped cream. Wow. Serves four. That's nice. That really does sound good. So that I was, as I glanced through it, and then there's there's restaurants there that you can uh, still book. They still have some bookings. The uh, buffet one is sold out for Thanksgiving, but they also have uh, things going on for Christmas that you might want to check out, too, for restaurants. A great place to eat over there. Oh, yeah. The buffet is called Villa de Flor. Yeah. And it's it's really, really good. Spectacular. Yeah, it's $42 for an adult. Worth every penny. And mm-hmm. it is. Worth every penny. All so, right, Bob, thank you very much. Appreciate the report on ice. And we're going to move on. And Kevin Close has his review of the recently opened Yak and Yeti restaurant over at Animal Kingdom. What would you think of it, Kevin? We went absolutely expecting to hate this. It's uh, owned and operated by the same folks who own and operate the Rainforest Cafe and are going to do the new T-Rex restaurant. So we were expecting animated animatronic yaks and yetis. (laughs) And surprisingly, it's not. And I've read uh, some negative comments about this, that, you know, the menu is basically a Chinese restaurant menu. And I'd say it's a I, – I was pleasantly surprised by this. First of all, they're not taking reservations at this point. They are only accepting walk-ups. You can make your reservations beginning December 3rd, but your reservation has to be after January 3rd. From now until January 3rd, they're only going to accept walk-ups. The restaurant has only been open since Wednesday, uh, November 14th. That's when the first paying customers were accepted. We went yesterday not knowing what to expect. We had heard that the restaurant was very, very crowded, so we weren't sure whether we were going to be able to get in or not. 
because we figured since Animal Kingdom was open only till five thirty, yeah. that if the restaurant had taken names for the rest of the day, we might not be able to get in. Come to find out, they seem to be doing something very smart, and they're not uh, taxing their kitchen or their wait staff. They're taking names, and while there are empty tables in the restaurant. They're still only taking people in at a slow pace. Smart. It is. And you have to give them credit for this. You have to say, listen, they've been open less than a week. We yeah. can't expect them to jump out of the gate. Yeah, you don't fully operational. No, it doesn't work yeah. that way. So the fact that they're doing this soft opening is kind of cool. Uh, John and I went with my folks yesterday. It's um, located adjacent to the Cali River Rapids and the Flights of Wonder and Mount Everest. So it's all right there in that same area. It's rather nondescript looking yeah, from the outside. It just sits there, doesn't it? I was surprised. Yeah. I was expecting more fanfare on the outside of the building. And it fits in with the theming. There's a small sign outside. If you're not looking for it, I can understand where you would pass it without being yeah. even aware that it was there. We went uh, about 1 o'clock and we put our names in and I got the people that were there couldn't have been nicer. They were very, very professional, very polite, very attentive to everybody who was waiting. They told us that it was going to be about 30 minutes, but not to wander too far away because there was a possibility that we would get in much sooner than that. And we did. It was about 10-minute wait. Uh, again, they couldn't have been nicer about this. Uh, the restaurant is on two floors. There is a beautiful carved wood staircase which leads you up mm. to the second floor. There's also a full, el- a full elevator. Uh, it's a... The upstairs is fully handicapped accessible. The downstairs, there's a bar area, which is surprising in a Disney restaurant. There's a full-scale bar right as you go inside the door. They have some absolutely beautiful bar stools that look absolutely impossible to get out of once you're in them. (laughs) (laughs) And we had asked that we be seated downstairs. We have a wheelchair and someone who doesn't like elevators. So they, they were very, very accommodating. Now, while we were sitting there inside the restaurant, we did notice that a lot of the tables were empty. But again... I think that's because they're just not trying to rush anybody. They're trying to give everybody a little bit of an opportunity to get the feel of what's going on. The menu is pretty extensive. It is basically a pan-Asian restaurant with a heavy bent towards Chinese food. There are nine appetizers. There's some uh, one soup and two salads. There's four specialties, two noodle dishes, three wok dishes, and four three grilled dishes. In the appetizer column, we started with um, four appetizers. We started with the flaunt, excuse me, we started with the prawn flavored chips. They're pretty standard to most Asian restaurants. Like if you go to Chop Chop at, at Emerald's Chop Chop at Universal, you get these on your table. Uh, they came with peanut sauce. We ordered those. Those are $4.99. We tried the wok fried green beans, which as Julie mentioned um, before, are similar to Fridays. These are battered. These are actually battered um, and then deep fried. And they were six ninety nine. We ordered the lettuce cups at ten ninety nine, which is a minced chicken and some side items. And we ordered a dim sum basket. Now, John and I are pretty adventurous in what we're willing to try and what we like. And we took my folks who are much less adventurous than we are, and we're surprised that everything the the appetizers garnered rave reviews. Everything turned out to be pretty good the only negative and it's not really a negative that i would talk about was the lettuce cups we found the lettuce kind of incidental at the lettuce cups you actually fill them and make your own little roll-ups the other stuff was all so good that they kind of sat till the end and then we ate the other stuff that went with them as opposed to actually doing them like they're supposed to be (laughs) and using the lettuce cups the dim sum basket john thought everything in it was terrific 
my mom and dad found prawn flavored egg or prawn flavored crisps, and after we got done with dinner, we went to two um, sort of world market locations looking for them. Now, <laughs> so oh no! Now I have to find these shrimp chips someplace else. <laughs> I just don't imagine that that tastes good. It doesn't sound good. They're, they're actually just puffed rice. Yeah, they're but not... they taste like shrimp. No, no, no. they don't. Oh. that's what they're called. They're called prawn flavored chips. They virtually they they have virtually no flavor whatsoever. Why do they call them prawn? But they taste really when you dip them in that that peanut Thai sauce. It's just out of the. The other thing level. is when you put them in your mouth, there's there's no chewing. They they kind of just disappear. Like a cheese ball. No, those are even crispier than this. Oh. These they just disappear in your mouth. They're a vehicle for whatever you're dipping them in. Is basically okay. the, the bottom line. The, our appetizers could not have been better. Wow. We really thought they were terrific. Our our server, they were all new. Um, there was a great deal of management roaming around. Everything was running very, very smoothly. My mom had a wonton soup with no wonton, which always makes John laugh. <laughs> uh, but she thought it was very flavorful. It had a good flavor for a wonton soup. Sometimes they're a little watery. And she thought it was great. We ordered our entrees after that. Now, we did the Disney thing where we ordered our appetizers first and made them wait to take our entree order. Otherwise, you get all of your food at one time in most Disney locations. So we kind of pushed them back a little bit, started our entrees, and then put in our order for our... our, I'm sorry, started our appetizers and then put in our entree order. Because we had ordered so many appetizers, we knew we would have more food than we knew what to do with. So we ordered three entrees for four people. We had the... The John got the baby back ribs. We also got the crispy honey chicken, and I decided to be adventurous, and I ordered something spelled P H O. Oh, it's, it's my understanding that that's pronounced pho. <laughs> I that's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, I'd pronounce it pho. That's I, that's how I ordered well, it. But I've always heard po. With, uh, yeah, I, I've heard a couple of different things. I've been told that it's pronounced F U H pho. Well, everything that came out was successful. Oh, we also ordered uh, a side of the chicken fried rice. Mm. You have your appetite. You have your with your entree. You have a choice of uh, brown rice or jasmine scented rice. So we also tried the chicken fried rice. the uh, The entrees were very successful. The chicken, the crispy honey chicken, was while it's not exotic or different you can get it in almost any chinese restaurant it was very tasty that was 15.99 john thought his baby back ribs at 22.99 were delicious he shared them around the table and they were great the pho pho po i might not be as adventurous as i thought i i it's listed as a lemongrass scented broth poached tr- shrimp rice noodles and traditional vietnamese garnishes they brought this out, and it, it was a bowl of swamp water. <laughs> Ew. Ew. And it was, there was some rice noodles in it, and I, I expected shrimp. These are the little, they brought out the little kind of bay shrimp, the little ones that you would get in a shrimp cocktail. Or like the ones that they sell dried. Yes. And they were poached to the point where they were little pencil erasers. And they brought out a side dish, and there was a chili sauce, and there were some other accompaniments on it. However, at the end of it, there was a bowl of fish oil. And the waitress said to me, be careful. This is fish oil. And I've, I did something. The smell of this fish, I just let John smell it. And he, said, he asked me to move it to the other end of the table. It was vile. 
it, it was one of the it was the baddest, deadest, worst fish smell you mm. can imagine, and it just permeated the entire table. I did something that I've never done in a restaurant before. I actually asked them to remove this entree from the table so we could continue eating. Hmm. The smell of this stuff was so bad. It sounds like the stuff that my mom used to make me and my brother, you know, like uh, some kind of oil, like fish oil or, uh, uh, oh, I know like what you're talking about. Yes! Oh. That's, it, it was awful. And I, I called the waitress over and I said, I, I apologize. I will pay for this entree. This was my mistake for ordering it. And she took it back. They whisked it away. And she came back and she said, let me get you something else. And I said, I really apologize for that. And if you want me to pay for it, I will. She said, you're not the first one. <laughs> so I get the feeling if you're interested in po fa or poho or whatever it is, <laughs> that you might want to go quick. It's my guess that this is probably not going to last if they just keep getting it back. Maybe in a quiet taste that even some the, people Even like. the soup part of it was just disgusting. I actually, I asked John, I said, try this and tell me what you think. Hey, I ain't eating it. Mm. I got my ribs. I'm, yeah. I'm fine here. Don't, Enjoy don't your bother fish oil. me. <laughs> you ordered the fish oil. You deal with it. Now, I have to give the folks here absolute credit. They were delightful about it. They said, we're sorry that you didn't like it. They didn't charge us for it. And they asked me what I wanted to replace it with. And I ordered something called maple tamarind chicken. It's a uh, chicken breast with an Indonesian tamarind glaze, coconut ginger rice, a baby bok choy, shiitake mushroom stir fry. It was seventeen ninety nine, and I have to tell you, this was a much better choice. This was wonderful. Our the appetizers garnered rave reviews. Our entrees, everybody described their entree as good. I guess the biggest compliment I can give this restaurant is while looking at the menu, we all decided that if we came back, what we would order. Mm. So this is the kind of place that. I don't know that I would make this a destination restaurant because there are good Chinese restaurants in Orlando that I can get to without walking into Animal Kingdom. So if we were, because we're local, if we were just going out to dinner, I don't know that I would pick the Yak and Yeti as a place to say, let's just go there because you can get this stuff elsewhere. I mean, like, for instance, what, what would be an example? Chinese restaurant. No, I mean, I, I, I would go to Narcissus as a destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If I was looking oh, yeah. for a fancy restaurant, and look, I would say I would, it would be willing to park at the, the um, Grand Floridian and walk right. out to Narcissus. I would not make the effort to go get to this restaurant just because it was so good. I can get Chinese food elsewhere. Right. So would this if, be your top choice if you're at Animal Kingdom yeah. that day? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's what I was thinking, too, because Corey and I, we've There's always eaten at the Tusker service. House, yeah. but it's never anything that I'm like, oh. Tusker like, House used to have good stuff, but now that they've moved over to this character meal. It's, it's different. Yeah. yeah. I'm of the opinion that you would do really well here. Mm-hmm. You guys would like it. I mean, it's not all that exotic. It's not out of the ordinary food. It's good serviced food. I mean, I thought it was okay. We did order a uh, uh, dessert. There are four choices of dessert. You can get the, the sorbet medley, which is mango, lemon, and raspberry sorbet. They have a chocolate brownie sundae that while we didn't try it, there was a young lady who probably weighed 70 pounds sitting at the table next to us, and they put down this bathtub of ice cream and brownies. <laughs> And we just looked at it and thought, she's never going to eat that. She ate every bit of it. We were impressed. <laughs> she must have been training for something. She was tiny. <laughs> um, there's also a mango pie. The one dessert we did try was the fried wontons. It was the one that sounded the most exotic. It is skewers of fresh pineapple, which has been grilled, and cream cheese-filled fried wontons. Is it kind of like crab rangoon? <laughs> 
you know something that's pretty that's a pretty good um, except sweet yeah. and not savory. Yeah, this is covered with a little bit of a, a honey vanilla sauce, and it comes with a bowl of vanilla ice cream. Now there were four of us that shared this, and it was enough. It was a sweet treat at the end of the meal. I can't imagine myself sitting down and eating an order of this by myself. It would have been a little cloying, but to split it over four people, it was good. We enjoyed it. Dinner for the four of us was $120, give or take a couple of bucks. They at currently do not accept the Disney dining experience. There's been a great deal of discussion over this. Some places list yes, some places list no. The official word from the folks at the restaurant is they are undecided at this point. They have not made a decision on this. They are offering the Disney dining plan. The inside of the restaurant seats 250 people. The outside, as Bob mentioned earlier, seats 350 people. It is a big restaurant, and it's divided up into some smaller dining rooms over the two floors, so you don't get that mess hall feel to it. It's not like you're in the great dining hall. It's um, It was nice. Oh, now, about the uh, windows upstairs? Uh, we were talking to our server who explained to us that upstairs there are some windows overlooking the front of the restaurant, and I understand that you can see the parade, the Animal Kingdom Daily Parade from these seats. Mm. So I imagine these seats are going to be coveted mm. come hot weather yeah. a- around parade time. Oh, yeah. So you can sit there against the w- or have the tables up against the window, and you can actually watch the entire parade. We didn't see the parade. We weren't there at parade time. But as I say, I can imagine that these are going to become the fireworks viewing windows Mm. of Animal Kingdom. You know, being that they don't have a lot of great food choices at that park, I I think it's a good idea that they're not taking reservations. Until they get their act together. Yeah, January 3rd, they start taking reservations, right? Well, they're they're taking reservations for later. I, I understand they're taking ADRs beginning December 3rd. But you have to go after January 3rd. Yeah. Okay. It's a soft opening up until then. And I, I understand wanting to have a little bit of time before you're slammed. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, there was no missteps. The only missteps were the ones that I created. Um, or I ordered the wrong thing. I ordered something thinking it was going to be exotic and wonderful, and it wasn't either But it's really nice to hear that they took care of you. Without question, without hesitation, they even apologized. And I, I had offered to pay for it. I figured, you know, this was my mistake. This isn't something you did wrong. I just didn't want dirty fish oil on my table. I, I found the food, actually. You talk about being Chinese type of food that we can get anywhere. I found it actually had a nice Indian flair to it. Well, it's that, used, yeah, it's that Pan-Asian. Uh, and nice, but, but it wasn't, I don't know if there are people who like Indian food a lot. I find Indian food can be overbearing. This had hints of jasmine and cumin and cilantro just at the right levels. Where this it wasn't an, like someone's going to walk in and go, I can't eat this. This is too exotic. This is an, a very Americanized version. How was the chicken fried rice? The chicken fried rice was actually came out, and it seemed like the rice had been underdone. We put a little soy sauce on it. And we asked them if they had a microwave, and they said yes. And they put it in the microwave for us for a couple of seconds. Mm. The soy sauce in it seemed to plump the rice up, cook it just enough, and it came out, and it was perfect. I can tell you that we had so much food on our table that almost the entire order of that came home for with us last night. Okay. And that's what my mom and dad had for dinner last night with uh, some <laughs> other stuff at home. So it was good enough to bring home. I think that's a compliment. Absolutely. One of the reasons I ask is because uh, the, the chickens, uh, chicken fried rice is one of the menu items on the, the takeout window. 
uh, so I was just curious. They have really cute to-go cups, to-go containers. They're little uh, Chinese food containers, but they're branded for Yak and Yeti, so they're kind of neat. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't eat at the takeout window. I, well, I did on, on that first day, the 14th. And, and what did you think? I had the shrimp lo mein, and it comes in that container. It's a, like that quart Chinese food container, and uh, it has the writing on it from Yak and Yeti. That was good. There, I counted about 15 shrimp in the order. and uh, He was counting <laughs> his shrimp as well, he ate them. I, I had to... I had to know. <laughs> One shrimp. Oh. Two shrimp. Three Two shrimp. shrimp. <laughs> well, I did. People out there will appreciate it. Now they know they're going to get about 15 shrimp. And I also got the pork egg roll. Now, egg rolls. And I noticed that on the appetizers in the restaurant, the pork egg rolls were on there too. But the thing on inside, they have a chili plum uh, dipping sauce. The, the one I got had no dipping sauce. It may have been better if they had included dipping sauce in it. And well, we also stood outside the fast food or the counter service area. And just like any counter service area, we watched them preparing the stuff and putting it in like chutes so that they had some backed up. Yeah. So it, depending on how busy or how slow the timing is, you might get food that's been sitting there a while. I think the food that we got in the restaurant, it was com- coming out hot and fresh, and I think it had it's been cooked better. to order. Yeah. So I, would I under- hope so. Yeah. I mean, there was, it didn't strike me as any of this was pre-prepped, unlike but- the one we ate in Teppanito. That stuff had been pre-prepped. Um, so we did watch people order counter service, and it was... I don't want to use the name of any of the fast food places, but they had those chutes where all the different food yeah. was lined up, and they were just pulling them out of the chutes. Well, and I want to just mention, I have a pet peeve about this new restaurant, and it's concerning the outside seating. And the outside seating, they, they put some tables out there, and they throw some umbrellas out, and there's supposed to be 350 seats. Uh, I just feel that they missed the boat on creating a space for the outdoor people to get out of the sun and the heat. Well, the restaurant just opened, and the weather outside right now is really nice. Yeah. They might Once the, the hot weather starts again here in Orlando, they might find that they have to correct that. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Well, I'm just mentioning it if they're listening. What's interesting about the outside seating is they use those same big, heavy wood chairs that they have inside. Good couple of rains. Those things are going to warp and split. Mm. So I don't know if that so, was a good decision. But, uh, so Thompson's water seal. <laughs> well, you're just a walking marketing machine, aren't you? I can't help it. The woman remembers every commercial she's ever seen in her life. I think it's from all those marketing classes. I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you know the jingle for that one? No. I'm going to finish this up. I would. I would say this is. A great choice. I mean, it, first of all, it's one of your only choices in Animal Kingdom. But I think you could do pretty well and enjoy your meal. Well, I'm really happy to hear that they're they're taking it seriously enough to like stagger their opening, make sure that their staff is not overtaxed, is well trained, um, getting the bugs worked out with the food. I'm sure as time goes on, some of these dishes will change. And there's one other thing I'd like to mention. I mentioned it at the beginning. For being a Landry's restaurant. In my opinion, they tend to go over the top with decor and theming. This seemed very subtle. 
it's in typical Disney fashion. It's very well done. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of things to look at. There's something that catches your eye at every turn. But as I said, there's nothing growling or beating its chest or it's not raining inside the place. I mean, it's just, it's kind of subtle for this. It's kind of low key. So I'm really glad to hear that. I think Disney had something to do with the theming on it. Oh, I'm sure they did. The, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Rody. Rody. Yeah, he was in the restaurant on Wednesday. Could you imagine them allowing something akin to Rainforest Cafe oh. in the middle of Animal Kingdom? <laughs> no, they wouldn't. no, no they never wouldn't do that. Never. So this was this is. I, I don't want. I, I use this word. This is almost elegant for a theme park restaurant. It's very well done. Yeah, I mean it's very. I don't want to make it sound like it's one of the, you know it's not Gico. It's not the best, right. uh, but, but it, it's this is a good a good solid alternative if you're in the parks you want to sit down meal and you don't want the kind of nonsense that you're likely to get at the rainforest. Correct. It at least gives you a really a solid option now as opposed to counter Absolutely. service. So there are no weather changes in the restaurant. We'll see you outside. Oh. Before we finish up, um, one other thing: there is a kids menu. Uh, it's seven forty nine for ages nine and under. Well, add a kid sized portion of milk or apple juice in a souvenir cup, and all items are served with a choice of carrot sticks, applesauce cup, fruit punch, gelatin, or chicken fried rice. You get a choice of a mini burger, vegetable lo mein, chicken bites, egg roll, and it comes with a. De- uh, they have a dessert option for kids, which is an ice cream sundae for at a dollar forty nine. Soft drinks or French fries are still available upon request if that's what you want to go with it. So they do have a nice little kids' menu. It's better than chicken fingers and pizza. <laughs> yeah, right. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Okay, now I'm done, I swear. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much, Kevin. We appreciate the review. Well, before we close the show, I want to make sure we wish uh, all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. We hope you don't uh, uh, eat too much. I think I'm probably going to be gorging. We also hope everyone travels safely, whether Travel it be by train, safely. plane, or car. Absolutely. So that will do it for our show this week, folks. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a happy Thanksgiving. See ya. Remember to take a nap. Julie, I want you to take this menu. I, I don't want it. take it home with me. No, I don't want it. Ha, ha, ha.